the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang. We have actual Diamondbacks baseball being played in Arizona today. And we couldn't be happier about it. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher, the Bear, also with us today on the Ain't No Fang podcast. And as I mentioned, baseball is officially back in Arizona as we have spring training underway. Today was the first official game, Diamondbacks versus Rockies, interdivisional game, rival against rival. You're very excited about a game that didn't count. Tenant against Tenant, because <laughs> I always thought it was weird that they have the same ballpark uh, because yeah, they're t- division rivals. Yeah, today, the is that what weird. it is? Because What do you, what do you mean? Like, did it? It's not that division rivals always share a park, right? No. I, You're I, thinking it's weird because of I that. think it's weird okay. that they do that. Think about it. Yeah. The Dodgers and White Sox, yeah. they have no relation. The, the Reds Rangers and, the, and Royals, The no Reds relation. and the Guardians, oh, yeah. they're both from Ohio. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. it. But like most teams who share, at least in Arizona, most teams who the have a ballpark, Padres they don't- Padres share with the Mariners? Yeah. No it, relation there. They're okay. not even in the same league. So I think it's weird that the Rockies and D-backs- are co-tenants. Somehow the Oakland A's have a stadium all to themselves. Anyway, a uh, game did happen today. It do- like Cody said, it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, well, <laughs> it is real baseball. This one, I felt like... Okay, I'm going to preface this saying I'm so happy that baseball was played today in yes. real life. But this one for the D-backs seemed to matter a little less because it was all minor league guys pretty much that were playing. The- See, I think that makes it matter more. Okay. Because I care about a couple of these players. Um let's just let's just start with today's game. We were going to start with some of the signings around baseball, but let's start with today's game. Um starting pitcher Tommy Henry. If you don't know Tommy Henry, I wouldn't blame you, but he was a draft pick. Gosh, I want to say 2017 maybe. It was the really good draft class. They had like 7 of the top 75 picks. Um Tommy Henry was a left-handed pitcher. Well, he still is. Uh, I remember him pitching in the College World Series with Michigan. Yep, Um, He was kind of a little bit more developed than some of the other prospects they had because of that, because he was a college college, pitcher. So I was excited to see Tommy Henry today, and he did okay. He had a a solid outing. Um, He went three innings, gave up one hit, one run. It was a solo home run. He only struck out one guy, but, I mean, he looked pretty good. Um, I don't know what his velo was, but I heard on the radio broadcast it sounded like he was from... 92 to 94, so that's pretty good. For, for a lefty, that's for a not lefty, bad. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was excited to see him. Um, Alec Thomas got in the game today. He started in center field. Corbin Carroll, it was really good to see Corbin Carroll out there. He DA, she didn't play in the field. Um, he went one for three. Uh, Thomas went 0 for three. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much all the guys that I recognized on the field today. Well... Caleb Smith didn't did get in the game out of the bullpen. Um, he did okay. He ended up uh, pitching just one inning, two hits, one run. He walked two guys, so not a great first outing. Joe Mantiply was not very good. He allowed two runs in an inning on, on three hits. So um, that and JB Bukowskis got in there too. I was I was interested to see what he was going to do. He also gave up a run in his one inning, and he struck out one. He gave up a home run. So. We'll see. Because remember last year, last spring training, J.B. Bukowskis like didn't give up a run. He lit the world on fire. The whole spring training and everyone, including me, I was like, why is this dude not in the major leagues? He was one of our uh, overanalyzing guys. Overanalyzing the spring training. He was our Trace, one of our, him and Trace Thompson. 
Yeah, we well you me, were, me. you in particular me. were convinced that Trace Thompson was going to be the starting center fielder for the Diamondbacks. Or did I say he was going to start? I think I said he play. was going to make the major league roster. Right. I mean, any listeners can go back and find our old episodes. And they didn't see if exactly I'm wrong. have a lot of options yeah. at the time, and they still don't, uh, quite frankly. So. so yeah, it was uh, it was good to see those guys get out there. Um, I'm guessing we'll see a little, a couple more regular guys tomorrow. Okay. Um, they're playing the Rockies again. This time they'll be the home team at Salt River Fields. Like that matters. <laughs> no, well, they'll bat Just... in different parts of the innings, <laughs> right. Steve. Yeah, I guess that's, that's the only difference, really. <laughs> that's it. And they, and the, and the uh, PA announcer will be more in favor of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's true. Basically what it, that's basically what I did a uh, quick story. When I was uh, a freshman in college, the summer after my freshman year, I flew back to Texas where I grew up, and I worked as a PA announcer and also assistant general manager what? of a- What? Uh, I know. Weird, right? Of the Texas Rangers. Uh, no, of, <laughs> of a summer league team. And we were a startup team, so we didn't have any fans. The The stands nice. were always empty. Nice. And, uh, and I, I made it a point as the PA announcer to, you know, you over- emphasize the players on your team and then you dumb down the opposing right. team. I always did that. We had a player on our team named RJ Talamantes. I have no oh, idea where yeah. he's at in life now, but Good name. I would go on and I'd be like RJ Talamantes, like that kind of stuff and then like, you know, you got like Will Smith <laughs> on the other team or whatever. I'm just making up a name. It's like um, it's like in basketball when, you know, Devin Booker makes the Devin Booker and right. then and then like Paul George makes the Paul George Paul, three. Paul George from two. Yeah, or whatever. Assistant um, I remember during uh, when pitchers I'm not as good up. as Vince Murata. Just oh, so no, no, neither. <laughs> not as good not as Vince Murata. Between innings, when, or, uh, when a pitcher would warm up, if it was the opposing team's pitcher, I would play sound effects while they were throwing. <laughs> so whenever he would throw it to the catcher, whenever he'd throw the pitch, I would go, whoop! And then when it would come back to him, i go, ooh! You and had so control of all inning. of that. That's, oh, yeah. I did sound effects that's and everything. Good. Yeah, it was a How old were league. you? Uh, 19. That's cool. 19 I was doing That's that. a cool story. I was also booking the hotels for anyone who what? cares. Yeah, that's t- what the assistant GM does, Dude, I how guess. are you not know. like a... I don't know. S- some In some baseball office somewhere. I picked the wrong profession after that, I guess. What are you Maybe doing? I just wasn't good at what it. What are you... Yeah, maybe. Um... Your baseball sound effects signings. weren't good enough. I know. I wish I did more sound effects on the show. <laughs> um, Ian Kennedy is back. With the what Arizona year is it? Yeah, what know, year right? is it? How long has it been it's since, been since 2013? Here? It's been a long time. Almost 10 years. Yeah. Uh, there's actually been a couple weird reunions. Zach Granke's back with the Royals. I um, like that one. I do too. That's fun. But like it's the, interesting to see guys like, going back home. Almost. Like the Royals are not really contenders. I mean, they have one of the best players in the league right now in Salvador Perez. Whit Merrifield's really good. They have a couple young Bobby Witt Jr. is going to come up and probably be a pretty good player. But they have a lot of young pitchers. And Zach Granke goes there on a one-year deal, of course, where his career started. He won a Cy Young Award there and Rookie of the Year and all that. And and almost retired there. Yeah. and uh, I remember that story. Yeah. Didn't he, like, want he out? He walked out during a bullpen. Right. Because the, uh, the team wanted him to throw a changeup. Right. And he was like, I don't throw changeups. And, now and they were like, and so ups. then he walked out of practice. He was like, "I'm going to retire." He, he's literally Zach Cranky told him, "I would rather quit baseball than throw a changeup." And what's funny about that is his changeup is probably it's one of awesome. his best pitch yeah, it's pitches. Um, so the Royals are kind of a, in a weird spot. A lot of their pitchers are younger, so Zach Cranky could be a good mentor. Um, yeah, for those guys, and he, of course, he's got the amazing sense of humor. 
or lack of sense of humor. I don't know what it is. I was going to say amazing. I don't uh, know if I've it's, ever described it's it. It's fantastic. Way. Zach Granke is fantastic. He is hilarious in um, his own way. Yeah, it's it's his Zach Granke humor. Um, so that was an interesting reunion. Yeah, they well, a one year. $13 million deal to go back to Kansas City. I think I asked you last week on the podcast, would you pay $10 million for Zach Granke? Because that was kind of where yeah. I roughly estimated he would cost. Yeah. 13 He got a little that more much than more. that. But, yeah. but that'd be a lot for the D-backs. And, right. it's, and it is a lot for the Royals, too. Um, back to Ian Kennedy, who's coming back. His first season, by the way, in the league was 2007. That seems like forever. Ago. He was a Yankee, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Correct. He was a Yankee for three years. Um as for how good Ian Kennedy is as a reliever these days, by the way, he's a reliever in case you haven't full time paid attention reliever. to Ian full Kennedy. Full-time reliever. Um, last year, between Texas and Philadelphia, he had a 3.20 ERA combined. Uh, he was a lot better with Texas than he was with Philadelphia. But he is a pretty solid back end of the bullpen piece. And as you remember, before the lockout, the Diamondbacks signed Mark Melanson, who I believe led all of Major League Baseball in saves yep, last He sure year. did. So take that for what it is. You just signed two older yet very established late inning relievers, and we knew that they were going to go after bullpen pieces. And isn't it just the Mike Hazen way? The back end of the bullpen, you are have to be thirty five or older to pitch. <laughs> to pitch like it. wanted thirty five year old reliever or or older. Uh, let's go through them. Fernando Rodney. Greg Holland. Greg Holland. I think he was in that age. Brad range. Boxberger. He might have been younger, but he was hurt for a couple of years. Yoshi Hirano certainly wasn't young when they signed him. Yeah. Um, who am I forgetting? I'm sure there have been others in the last couple of years. Tyler Clippard, Joaquin Soria. Uh, those were just last year. Yeah. yeah. It, this honestly, this offseason feels a lot like last offseason. And. In some ways, that's very disappointing. But in other ways, I'm like, you know what? Melanson plus Kennedy, Well, the number of saves there between those okay. two players is probably elite. I have it right here. In, in 2021, um, Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson were combined. They combined for 65 saves in 75 attempts last year. That's pretty because good. Because Ian Kennedy, um, he was, I believe he was closing for the Rangers who weren't very good. So when he got his chances, he converted the save. And then he got traded to Philly and wasn't the closer, at least for the first... Philly never knows who at, to close At least with. for the first part of when he got there at the trade deadline, he wasn't closing. I think he ended up kind of being their closer um, at the end. Um, but Mark Melanson, like you said, led the league and led MLB in saves last year. And he's... But he's 30, what, 38 years old? Kennedy's 37. So, but... Kennedy, since he became a reliever, I don't know what they changed and what he's changed, but he throws way harder now. Like, he's up in the mid-90s. He was never really that when he was a starter, especially in Arizona. Um, so I he feel, throws a little harder. I feel better about Melanson and Kennedy than I did about Soria yeah, and I was, Clipper. I was just going to say... Like, Although I was excited about Soria, I will admit that. Never really that excited about Clipper because it was the second time we'd seen him in, like, yeah, five years. and, like, I'm... This these this pair, like you just said, it's kind of been like the same type of offseason almost. They've gotten a couple of relievers that are in their mid-30s, whatever. But Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson have been much better 
uh, recently than I think. Well, Walking Story was coming off of a decent season in pretty 20, good year, twenty twenty. He had some success with Oakland, so. But I I feel like I mean Mark Melanson led the league in saves last year with the Padres. Yeah. Um, Ian Kennedy has been really good uh, in the last couple of years. I I kind of don't count twenty twenty because it's just <laughs> it's hard I, to count I don't know. He wasn't very good in twenty twenty, but no. in twenty nineteen he was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with those two bullpen additions. But I mean on, that's pretty much been it so far for the Diamondbacks. I hope I hope we see a little bit more. Listen, are they two elite relievers in this game? No, I don't think either of them are elite relievers. But they're but reliable. Were the Diamondbacks going to be able to afford or outbid other teams, contending teams for elite relievers? I'm, no. I'm surprised Mark Melanson is here. To be honest, I mean they paid him a decent amount. They what, what did they give him a two year, fourteen million dollar like deal, yeah. something around that area. So seven million dollars a year, just about roughly. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of surprised someone like him is here. Like. And maybe the save is not as valued anymore. I don't know. It's kind of... It's never really felt overvalued by the like, Diamondbacks. And it's not like a sabermetric thing either. It's just like... Because he, remember, remember... He the got Arch- the last three outs when it was three runs or less. Remember so. the Archie Bradley situation where they refused to call him the closer, yeah. even though he was closing games? Yeah. It was because they always said, we're going to use him in our highest leverage situations, right. which, you know, usually is the ninth Mark inning. Melanson is a closer. He will be pitching right. in the ninth. I believe that to be true. Yeah. And I believe Ian Kennedy will pitch majority of the time in the eighth inning. Seventh, yeah. seventh, seventh or later. Yep. Yeah. Seventh and eighth inning. Probably, yeah. Also worth noting, uh, it's been reported, not official yet, but it's been reported that the Diamondbacks have agreed with Keone Kella, another established longtime reliever in this league. If you look at his numbers 2019 and before that, really, really good. Then injuries have kind of derailed that really, really bad since. So, yes, in the last two years, Keone uh, Kella, not great. But uh, if you look back at his numbers 2019 previous, he's been really good in this league before. Yeah, Keone Kella... Um... Coming off of Tommy John surgery last May, so he it's a minor league deal, by the way, according to um, John Heyman. So that's not a big deal. I like the move if it's a minor league deal. Um, he should be back by midseason after he's fully recovered from Tommy John surgery. But um, there's not so, a lot of guys preventing him from getting to the majors. So yeah, last year. Before he got hurt, he had only pitched in 12 games. He had a 5.06 ERA with a 1.31 WHIP, and uh, his last full season, because uh, again, 2020 doesn't count. Uh, 2019 with the Pirates, he had a 2.12 ERA in 32 games. That's what I'm saying. So if he can become, and you know, guys recover from Tommy John surgery differently. Everyone does. So we'll see if he's still throwing hard and is can be. Uh, effective like he was in 2019 after he's fully recovered from that injury. Well, and to your point that you made earlier about J.B. Bukowskis, who's still kind of considered a prospect, I guess, um, and is one of those pieces they got in the Zach Granke deal with Houston a few years back. Bukowskis, I'd like to see in the Major League bullpen uh, for the majority of the season. I'd like to see what they have there. Um, so there, right there, that's four guys. I mean, the two that you just yeah. acquired, Ian Kennedy, uh, Mark Melanson, I'd like Keone Kella to work out. I would like for that to be a good major league signing. Uh, J.B. Bukowskis, I don't know who else you throw into that mix. Uh, you and I have argued over this. I think Corbin Martin's going to end up in the bullpen. Caleb Smith's going to be in the bullpen. Caleb I think. Smith will. Cause he's but just... either of those guys could make spot starts. Sure. And you want Corbin Carroll to develop into a starter. I'll grant Corbin you that. Corbin Martin. Or, sorry, I said Corbin Carroll. Yeah. Corbin Martin. There's too many Corbins. <laughs> and then we already got rid of the other Corbin. Patrick Corbin's not here anymore. Um, 
I'd like Corbin Martin to work out as a starter, but I think he's done with the minors. I don't think there's anything left to achieve there, so I'd yeah. rather have him in the Major League bullpen. I know that kind of messed up John Duplantier. That's the only reason I... Maybe some others? Yeah, that's the only reason I'm against having Corbin Martin in the Major League bullpen, because I feel like if you want him to be a starter, starters are very you know routine-based oriented players and if he's just pitching random days in random situations against random hitters I feel like that can mess with you and I I don't know what else factored into John Duplantier not working out here um but I I feel like one of the factors was that they you know they 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 would bring him up and have him start and then they would have him in the bullpen. Then he would start, and they have him in the bullpen again. Yeah. So it's like I understand. What for you're me, saying. it's one or the other. I, I if you have a if you have a guy that you want to be a rotation piece for you in the near future, I feel like you should probably have him on a schedule that starting pitchers are used to. And with and with coming out of the bullpen, he could come in with guys on base. So he's starting out of the stretch and not the windup, and all that stuff can factor in. What's so. the rotation as it's currently set? Um, well, and we should probably mention this too: the Zach Gallen shoulder thing. Um, Tori Lavello told reporters, "What day was that? Hold on, it was earlier this he week." He told reporters uh, three days ago that. Um, Zach Gallen's status for opening days in question. I'm reading this from the Twitter account of Nick Picoro. Uh, after dealing with shoulder issues in the offseason, he's scheduled to throw off a mound in the coming days, and then the next day he was throwing off a mound, so that's a good sign. Um, Lavello added that Gallen went and underwent an MRI on his own because, of course, in the lockout, the same thing that happened with Tatis, you can't consult with your uh, team's physicians or anybody, so they had to do all this stuff on their own. Um, and he was diagnosed with bursitis in his shoulder. So, okay. but then the next day he was throwing off. Uh, he was throwing a bullpen session. So, so you might not have him right out of the gate. So let's just assume though that he's healthy. Okay. So the rotation uh, in my mind is Zach Gallen, in no particular order. Sure. Because I'm sure Bumgarner is going to get the opening day start, whether or not he deserves it or not. Because um, he's the biggest name and the highest paid player on the team. I get team. that. Uh, Gallon, Madison Bumgarner, Luke Weaver, uh, let's Merrill see. Kelly. Merrill Kelly, of course. And then fifth starter. I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? Well, Caleb Smith worked his way in at the end. I'm last forgetting year. somebody. Yeah, who are we forgetting? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Um, There's four. Well, but either way, <laughs> but either way like Corbin Martin might. Depending on the Gallon situation, too, maybe Corbin Martin works his way in early in the season in the rotation. Maybe he gets like one, if not two, starts before Gallon comes back. I could see that. I do know that Corbin Martin is a part of the plan, so like he's got to be in the top six or seven starting pitchers for this rotation. Like that's that's what I estimate. So they opened the season last year. The rotation was Gallon, Bumgarner, uh, Caleb Smith. Taylor Widener was oh, in yeah, it. Taylor Widener. And I think Luke Weaver was in there, too. Was Mike Leak? That was two years no, ago. No, that was a while ago. That was two years ago. So, I mean, I think the fifth starter could be up for grabs. Taylor Widener. Uh, Taylor Clark He's got not here action, anymore. But he's not around. Yeah, he's not He's not here anymore. So. Uh, Tyler Gilbert got a couple starts. I don't think a guy like Dan Straley would be... You know, in contention for that, but he's got major league if experience. he's got a, if he has, and if he has a good spring, you could see that. But um, I'd like to see Corbin Martin. 
I'd like to see him make it into the rotation. Yeah. Is that fair? Yes. I would... I would. It's time that that Granky trade starts paying off a little bit, and, and I, I want to be clear on that because Josh Rojas has been up for a while. He's been up for quite a while, actually, and we're going to talk about this next. But like you know, he might be a starter here in the near future for the Diamondbacks. So I'd like to start seeing all of those pieces pay off. Seth Beer is going to get an opportunity this year, whether it's at first base or the new DH position in the National League. I expect Seth Beer to play a role. Josh Rojas already plays a role. Maybe he plays a bigger one. I'd like Corbin Martin to get some starts. I'd like Bukowskis to be in the bullpen. That's your four pieces you got from the Granky deal, and they all could be paying off in the majors this year. Yeah, I I hope we see Seth Beer in that DH spot. To. I would think so. He's already on your 40-man roster. You brought him up last year, so there's really no there's really no excuse not to have him up. Well, and he's like Martin, like I mentioned, doesn't really have anything left to accomplish in the minor leagues. Seth Beer has hit at all levels. He doesn't need to be in the minors to uh, prepare for major league pitching. He got 10 at-bats, I think it was, last year, 10 plate appearances or something like that, and he had a home run on his first at-bat, and he hit really well. Got hurt diving for a ball at first. Yeah, it happens, but I think he's ready for the major leagues, even if it means he's DHing three times a week or whatever the case may be. I'd like to see him. And he's a good lefty bat. Who plays third base? I still don't know. Um, I'll I'll throw you three options. I think Drew Ellis will still be considered. He, I don't even want to call him a prospect, really. He came up for quite a bit last year. Didn't really hit at the level that you would expect. I don't know how his defense is. Maybe it's okay. Uh, but Drew Ellis is an option. I think Josh Van Meter is going to get some looks. I think they're not ready to give up on him yet. He's kind of a rotational guy. can play second, third, maybe some outfield. Um, And then Josh Rojas, who probably deserves a starting role at a position, but I feel like maybe they're going to use him as more of a Chris Taylor, Marwin Gonzalez, kind of like rotate him around kind of guy. Barring any free agent acquisitions that could still happen. Yes. Um, I don't know who, what third basemen are still out there even. Um, but Well, Chris Bryant's not out there Chris anymore. Bryant's not, that not that out there. But, but my money would be on Josh Rojas playing third base primarily. Um, like every day or most days? I mean, are you, do you... <sighs> I could see like half the season maybe. But then your question is, who? who's your everyday third baseman that... Besides him, though, I mean, are you going to put, and it's going to sound like I'm hating on Drew Ellis, I'm not. Are you really wanting to put Drew Ellis out there every day at third base? Do you want, are you wanting Josh Van Meter to play third base every day? If you want your, every day, if you want your best player and not your best, he's not their best player, but Cattell Marte is their best player. But if you want a guy like Josh Rojas, who had a good season last year in your lineup every day. And he's a good fielder, too. I would think third base is a good spot for him. Let's see. But free agents that are available. Okay. Uh, it says, And we're going to get into the free agent things that have happened recently. Carlos Correa. <sighs> That's going to cost that you $300 would, million. That would be really nice. And he could play third. Not going to happen. Right Trevor away. Story. Um, Probably not going to so happen. So here, here's the thing, too. Um, Trevor Story. Let's just say the D-backs signed Trevor Story, right? Okay. What do you do with Nick Ahmed? Do you move him to third base? No. You would you, play Story at you'd third. You'd play Story at third? I would. Has he played there before? I don't know. 
I don't know, but he's big. He's, he's, is he big though? Like I don't yeah, know. Kind like, of. I don't know. Shortstops can play third. I know third I cannot know, always I play would short. Very. Be, I would be very comfortable with Correa playing third. Um, I don't know about Story, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and we've talked about Nick Ahmed's defense at short is kind of dec- still good. It's but it's not declined. Great. But it's declined yeah. in the last couple of years. So would you rather have him at third? He's still got a strong arm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hit enough for a third baseman. Okay, that's true. It <laughs> seems kind of like a stereotype. Like you don't have to a be third a third baseman hitting, has to hit. But if you're going to be really good, they at usually something, do though. They yeah. usually do. It needs to be at shortstop. I'm trying, if you're gonna I'm trying to defense. think of a third baseman that doesn't hit, and I can't think of one. Uh, Nick Castellanos is out I, there. I I think I don't he, think he plays third though. No, well I think he has in the past, but I don't think that's I don't think the, he's, good he's more of an outfielder and DH type. To be honest, I, I think... He's Tomas. He's what Tomas was supposed to be. Yasmani Tomas. I know, I brought it up. Sorry. Why? He's what... No, but he's the good version of Yasmani. No, but he's he's the good version. Like, if, if Yasmani had turned out, that's what he is. Nick Castellanos. Can't um, really play the field, but he's a great hitter. I think Nick Castellanos would fit in marvelously here, but I think he is just out of the D-backs range... Of what they would go in on a big free agent, uh, uh, he's probably going to make over a hundred million dollars. I would assume the Marlins seem to be interested in him. So there was a story today that the Texas Rangers reached out to Kyle Seager to try to convince him to come out of retirement because they traded Kiner because away. no because they have his brother Corey. Oh, they have Corey. Yeah, so they tried <laughs> to convince Kyle to come back and play third. For the Rangers, and he said no. He said, "I'm I'm, I'm happy doing I'm chores at home." Yeah, I'm done. Um, so he's so not, the D-backs. So he's not going to pull a Tom Brady and come back. No, I don't think so. I mean, you never know, but I don't think the D-backs would be able to get him out of retirement. I think the Rangers have the best chance of well, anybody. And the Mariners. If I think if he was going to come yeah. back, he'd probably go back to Seattle. Yeah, they're loading up, dude. I don't see any other third baseman of note on this list. I'm looking at so. The, your options are dwindling. I had brought up Jonathan VR on, uh, I think it was last week's podcast. He ends up signing with the Cubs for $6 million. I don't know what position he's going to play over there. I think they just got Andrelton Simmons, so he's not playing short, but we didn't think he would. Um, he'll kind of rotate around. I mean, they they have the middle infield locked up in Chicago, if I remember right. They've got Warner and Nick Madrigal's there, right? Didn't they trade yes. for him? Wasn't that the Craig Kimbrell trade? I think so. Patrick Wisdom is a first They've baseman, They've got Nico right? Horner and Nick Madrigal, I think. Who? Wisdom. I think he was playing third. Frank Schwindel. Don't they still have David Bodie? He's still there, too, David right? David Bodie's, I think, is still he's there. A, he's a third baseman. They've got a bunch he of dudes. He can play anywhere. I don't know that any of them are stars, well, but I've they've seen, got a bunch of dudes. I've seen the rumors, too, that the Cubs have been linked to Carlos Correa. Wait, were they the ones that got Andrelton Simmons? The Cubs? I think, I think they were. So. I think yeah. they were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Cubs fans were ticked because they didn't they get Carlos Correa. Yeah. But they're still in on it. Like, signing Angelton Simmons, no offense to Angelton Simmons, but he is not the guy that's like, well, we don't need help there anymore. He's Nick Ahmed. He, yeah, he's a great but def- better he's a good defender, and he can't hit. No, not, <laughs> not really. He had that it. one really good year where he hit like 300, yeah. and everyone was like, what? 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 Ha- what, what? Happened? What's going on? Um, let's go around the Jose division. Jose Iglesias is another guy that... Rem- that, that I get that vibe from. He doesn't yeah. really hit either, but no, he's yeah. so good on defense. That's about right. Yeah. I think I think that's right. Um, around the division, oh, I'm about to hurt your feelings. Crap. I'm going to hurt. I've been trying to stall Avoid this so topic. that we maybe run out of time, but we don't have a clock in here. So, 
I don't want to. Frederick ah. Freeman oh. is going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta what are you doing? Let, let's give the full context. Atlanta felt they couldn't get a deal done with their homegrown that, star, so they mm, traded for Matt Olson. Okay. And locked him up. There's, then Freddie Freeman signed with the Dodgers. There's two separate things to this. Okay. One, Matt Olson to the Braves is a great freaking get. Matt Olson is so good. He hits tater tots everywhere. Yes. Big old bombs. He's from Georgia. He's he. I think he grew up probably a Braves fan, I'm assuming. If you're from Georgia, you probably grew up a Braves fan. Um, he's younger than Freddie Freeman. He like is four on years, a, I think. On a better deal, the extension they gave him is better than Freddie Freeman's deal in terms of years and money. But the only reason Freddie Freeman is not in Atlanta and he's in L.A. is because the Braves didn't want to give him a six-year contract. Yeah. Which makes no sense to me. You just won a World Series. Freddie Freeman is the face of your franchise. He's still really good. Now, I get he's 32 years old. So I get. I guess you don't want to give uh, a, a 32-year-old a six-year contract because he's going to be 38 by the end. But for NL teams, there's the DH now. He can be your DH later. I think part of the worry... And maybe I'm equating things that I shouldn't be equated. I wouldn't even be mad about this if he wasn't a Dodger, by the way. I think part of it is you look at the past deals that have been done at age 30-plus, like long-term deals. I think the Albert at, the Albert Pujols deal screwed everything up. Albert Pujols is one of them, but not even Pujols. Miguel Cabrera is a shell of his former self in Detroit right now, and they're stuck on that deal. Yep. Robinson Cano was a stud second baseman when they signed him. And then I know there's other issues there, like the whole steroid thing, and he got suspended for a full season for doing it twice. But also, too, like his production diminished, but he's still getting paid a ton of money because of that long-term deal that he signed. I think the, the Braves and a lot of other organizations probably looked at Freddie Freeman and said, yeah, he's great now. Six years from now? I don't know. Maybe he's an average first baseman. The Dodgers? And I don't want to pay $40 million a year for an average first baseman. Well, he's not he getting paid forty million. Whatever it would have costed, I don't know. They, 30, 35. The Dodgers gave him a six-year, one hundred and sixty-two million dollar deal. It comes out to around twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. I don't want to pay thirty-ish million for an average first baseman at age thirty-eight. I just don't want to do it. And now they won't have to because they have Matt Olson. I, I don't blame the Braves. I think they came away. No, that's what I'm brilliantly saying. in all of it's, this. The Dodgers made out pretty if, good too. If the Braves were not losing the face of their franchise. To the Dodgers, that that just kills me. It hurts you to say it. It hurts me to say it. If they weren't losing Freddie Freeman, who has been there forever, he they finally win a World Series, they get over the hump, and then they let him go, the Braves would look like geniuses right now. Matt Olson is really good, and yeah. they got him on a steal of a contract. And he's better defensively they, than Freddie. And is. they gave up a lot of good prospects to get him because he's True. that good of a player. And they have the farm system to do it. But so they they they're going to be fine. The Braves are going to be fine with Matt Olson. Um, it's just the fact that he ends up going to the Dodgers because then, then because after that, it's like okay, he's going to be a Yankee or a Dodger. And I'm like, please, Yankees, just come on, do your thing, do your thing. And they don't do the thing. They go and resign. That's their new thing, by the way. Is yeah, they don't. Do they the don't thing. do it. They <laughs> they resign Anthony Rizzo, which isn't a bad deal either. Anthony Rizzo's good, and he they're not asking him to be their best player either. Still not sure why um, they did it though. 
I don't know. Luke Voigt is just sitting there like going, what, what do I have to do? <laughs> Luke Voigt, I, I realize he didn't play a lot last year. Luke Voigt, when he plays, his OPS is over 900. Yeah, he's, he's like he's one of the good. 10 yeah. to 15 best he's hitters a good hitter. in the league when he's he He's a hits. good hitter. That dude, like, yeah. I don't, I can't believe they find a uniform that fits him. Um, oh, he's, he's, the dude is the Incredible Hulk out there. But they, so I'm like, oh no, the Yankees resigned Rizzo. I'm like, and then, and then we, I see reports that the Padres were, you know, Freddie Freeman, they're interested in him. The Boston Red Sox are interested in Freddie Freeman. I'm like, please, someone that isn't the Dodgers. Toronto was interested. Toronto. Yeah. I'm like, please, for the love of God, some team just swoop in and give him a six-year deal. And the only one that wanted to do it was the Dodgers. Yeah. And it sucked. He's from Southern California. It made sense. Um Honestly, as much as I as much as I despise the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I do, their organization is run so freaking well. It it's disgusting how well they run that organization. They have an ownership group that has basically unlimited money, but the core of their team, like they've had to extend guys like Kershaw and and others, Justin Turner and and Cody Bellinger is going to get paid pretty soon too, but. Their core are homegrown talent. Kershaw is homegrown. Walker Bueller is homegrown. Bellinger, homegrown. Um, and then they've. Max Muncie? Max Muncie and Justin Turner were put on waivers by their teams. Acquired, and, yeah. And then the Dodgers pick them up and develop them into all star players. Uh, Trey Turner, they traded for. Urias. Urias is game homegrown. Winner. Yes, homegrown. Um, Tony Gonsolin's pretty good. Kenley Jansen, he's not there anymore. At least not back yet. Not I bet yet, he goes yeah. back. But um, he's homegrown, man. They made him. He was a catcher. They turned him into a Dustin May. Dustin May is. I mean, he got. Did they trade for him? I don't remember. No, he's a draft pick. He was draft. Jock pick, yeah. Peterson was homegrown. Gavin Lux yeah, is homegrown. Now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm okay. just. Saying. I see what you're saying. They develop good and talent. And then they get Chris Taylor for nothing for a bag of peanuts and some yeah. cotton candy. And he's an all-star, a postseason hero. What position does he and, play, by the way? Uh, everything. <laughs> he plays everything. Because I, I, I was doing their uh, lineup in my head. Yeah. And I was like, well, Will Smith is a top three catcher Will in baseball. Will Smith, probably. another homegrown guy. Uh, top three catcher. Uh, Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman in baseball, arguably. Uh, other than maybe maybe Vlad, you could make that argument. Um, second base, let's say Max Muncy plays there now. He's mm-hmm. probably a top five second baseman just based on offense. Defensively, probably leaves a little bit to be desired. Don't forget but, the DH. Uh, then you've got shortstop Trey Turner, arguably the most well-rounded shortstop in the yeah. game. How nice is it that they just can lose Corey Seager and then move Trey Turner yeah. over to short? Uh, third base, Justin Turner, <sighs> aging, but still a really good bat. And good. third base, yep. he plays reasonably well. Yep. Left field, A.J. Pollock. While not the level of player he was with the D-backs, I think he's still pretty good for a left fielder. And there's not a ton of great left fielders these days. Bellinger. Center field, Bellinger, elite defense. Had a horrible what year an last MVP. year. But yeah, two years ago, he was the NL MVP. And right field, Mookie Betts, who's a top 10 player in baseball yep. as well. That's your lineup. And Chris Taylor's not even but, in it. But, if, he was you, an but if you think about it this way, too, and this is weird because I'm defending the Dodgers and I hate them. Uh, but everyone kind of says, oh, they just buy all their players. They buy all their players. Not it's not them. really that true. I mean, some of it's true. They, they just they bought Freddie Freeman. Okay? They did. But... They trade last year. They traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Correct. They traded their top. They traded a lot. They traded their top two prospects to get him. They traded Alex Verdugo and prospects for Mookie Betts, and then they used their money to extend him. Yes, 
and that that's pretty much it. Like that's they signed they they did sign Trevor Bauer. Currently, he's not playing for them because of other issues yeah. that he's having legally, but. They gave him what forty million dollars a year or something stupid yeah. in that two year contract. So they did buy him, but that AJ Pollock, AJ Pollock's like one of the bigger free agent uh, signings they've had. Um, they've they've and he's gonna hit ninth, <laughs> right? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, he know? might be their DH hitting ninth, right? Um, they they have found the secret, and what the secret was is hiring Andrew Friedman, who was running the Rays who weren't allowed to spend any money, but he was making them competitive. And they said, hey, best GM in baseball, you want to come over here and do the same thing you're doing, but also have unlimited money? Cool. And that's yeah. what they did. Oh, by the way, uh, Gavin Lux is still on the dot. Oh, yeah. He might. He be, was just the number he, one he's prospect He's going to be baseball. on the bench. No he's going to be on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Depth. Anyway. Oh, I not hate that. Dude, I was so mad last night when I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to go to but the But you kind of knew in your heart of hearts was, that that was going to I try to prepare myself as best I can for misery. Especially. And I just, I still get mad. I still get upset. When you consider the fact that Corey Seager was really the only thing they missed out on from last year's team that left. Sure, like the biggest sure, piece. Scherzer. Scherzer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Scherzer. Okay. In the lineup, let's say. Yeah. Really, Corey you lose Seager. Corey Seager, yep. you move Trey Turner over to short. They replace Corey Seager with Freddie Freeman, and essentially. I think Freddie Freeman's the better hitter. Yeah. Corey Seager was probably the more valuable player because he played Over, a key position. Overall hitter, yeah, Freddie yeah, Freeman. Freddie Freeman's a better Freddie player. Freeman. And he's a lefty. Yep. Fits the lineup perfectly. Yep. They replace the lefty with a lefty. Uh, the rest of the division, Stupid by the way. loser jerks. I know you're going to love this move because okay. this makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. What? Chris Bryant to the Rockies? What? What are the Rockies doing? What are they doing? Why would they give, uh, what was it, 180-something-odd million? A seven-year, $182 million deal to Chris Bryant. Why would you do that when you just traded away Nolan Arenado? And they kicked in $51 million to the the Cardinals to take Nolan Arenado. And you let Trevor Story walk for nothing. Now, I realize, too, this is a new GM since those two moves. It is, but it's not the different ownership Group, <laughs> all right. I mean, so are they doubling down? Not what doubling, is not doubling down? Are they are they acknowledging past misgivings in their organization by doing this, or are they just being hypocritical? Well, I don't know. Seven years is a long time, so they could become competitive again. Absolutely. If they keep, if this is now their direction, then they could be competitive. But the problem with the Rockies, and I see Rockies fans and people around baseball, they don't know what their direction is. Because, like you said, they traded Nolan Arenado to the Cardinals. They would still have Nolan Arenado under, I think, maybe even better money figures than Chris Bryant's going to be making. And Nolan Arenado is way better than Chris Bryant at this point in their careers still. Like, Chris Bryant's younger than Nolan Arenado, but Arenado's still, he's a way better defender. I mean, he's the best defender. He's a great hitter. I don't know there's anybody better. I mean, Machado's really good. Really good. Um, but but Arenado's probably the best. And he still hits really well. And Chris Bryant, like the one thing that Chris Bryant has on Arenado, and it's not even that big of a thing, is position flexibility. But Arenado, like, yeah. why would you want him anywhere else? Because he's a platinum glove third baseman. Right. So, and and then on top of that, like you said, you can't really bring Trevor Story back now. Because I think if you still had could it would 
It'd be expensive. I guess, but like they let John Gray go in free agency. He was one of their better pitchers. Oh, keep in mind, I, and I've said this on the podcast for years, the Rockies don't believe in pitching. Oh, yeah. Well, Never they, have. They can't get pitchers to come there because they- Remember when they had Ubaldo field. and he won the Cy Young and they were like, ooh, we don't do that here. Get out of here. <laughs> um, excuse me, <laughs> Ubaldo, how dare you win the Cy Young award and yeah, throw a no-hitter? Yeah, uh, we don't do that yeah. here. Get, please, please leave. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. So- just Rocky's Twitter is in disarray because they have no idea what they're It's crazy. I've never seen I've never seen a fan base more upset that their team is spending money than the Colorado Rockies fans. Yeah, this was certainly one of the most surprising because contracts the, to get signed. The move made no sense because they, pretty much they were like, "Okay, we're going to rebuild and build the farm system, blah 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 blah." And they go out and give all of their money to Chris Bryant. Yeah, and Chris Bryant's a really good player. It's not like they were stupid and got a bad player. Won an MVP. He's a very good player. Um, but man, it's just and I mean credit to Chris Bryant. He he got his bag. I'll say this man. too. I was thinking about all the free agency transactions and whatnot over the last couple of days. Like Freddie Freeman goes from the Braves lineup that won the World Series to the Dodgers lineup that you know also is World Series worthy, right? And I thought to myself, does this increase his fantasy, his baseball fantasy uh, value at all playing with the Dodgers? Maybe a little bit. His teammates might be a little bit better, but he had some good teammates in Atlanta. And then I thought to myself, Chris Bryant going to the Rockies, playing in Colorado, that's going to shoot his average draft position in fantasy leagues dramatically. And he didn't even do anything. Other yeah. than sign a deal in yeah. a different state that's I know. above elevation. He's going to be hitting in Coors Field and Chase Field a lot more. Like, could Chris Bryant add five to ten homers to his average by playing in Colorado for half his games? Sure. I, I think he could. He could be a 40-home run guy. Yep. It's Just, possible. It's. I mean, it's crazy because I would be flipping out in joy if the Diamondbacks signed Chris Bryant. And spent money because at least like to me that's like okay they're spending money they're they want to be competitive soon blah 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 but like the Rockies the Rockies fans on Twitter are all like going what is going on I think that though is because and I, still, I think you would feel this they, too I think they would still rather have they just traded their best player right. that's ever played in their franchise it's not so much that they don't like Chris it's that they have this opportunity to cost of what did we give up in order to get where we are now right. I think if the Diamondbacks went out and signed Chris Bryant today or yesterday or whenever he signed yeah I think you probably would have thought to yourself too. Why did we let Paul Goldschmidt walk, but then we signed Chris Bryant a couple years later for comparable money? Like, why, financially yeah. speaking, it's I, a different yeah, situation. That's a good. That's a good point. I think you'd probably think it. It probably wouldn't be a feeling that lasts very long, though. I think yeah. the Rockies fans are going to rally around Chris Bryant. He won an MVP not that long. I ago. think it's a, it's just yeah. Like I think they're just in shock of and kind of disappointed because they. Because they kind of accepted the fact, like, okay, well, we traded Nolan Arenado because the the ownership and the management, they want to rebuild, they wanted to get prospects, they didn't want to spend money, they want to build a farm system. Not that they're tanking, per se, but just they want to get better prospects through the draft and whatnot and all that. And then they, I think they finally accepted that Nolan Arenado was gone. And then the, this, and then this new GM and the same owner commits $182 million dollars to Chris Bryant, so they're basically like, why didn't we want to commit that to Nolan Arenado, who's better? If we want to, if they're wanting to compete now, you'd have a better chance with Nolan Arenado, 
and Trevor Story possibly than maybe. just Chris Bryant. Maybe. So I think that's probably where their fans are coming from. Maybe they're just overcompensating for the mistakes that they made in the past. It's entirely possible that they realized, you know what? We shouldn't have done that. Mm. And we got a new GM now, and let's see where he takes us. Um, around the rest of the division. The, I wish the D-backs would spend like that. Yeah, well, I get that. Right now, um, there's so many good free agents out there. Carlos Rodon was the first free agent, major free agent, to sign yep. after the deal came down, what was that, over a week ago? Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to the Giants. They've kind of doubled down on pitching, which I think is probably their strength. Their lineup is still kind of quirky, but last year they won over 100 games. They Yeah, so, they, they lose Kevin Gosman to the Blue Jays. They bring in Carlos Rodon, who had a fantastic season last year mm-hmm. through a no-hitter last year they got him on a relatively cheap deal he's pretty he's younger still he's under 30 two years 44 yeah. million yep. i think the second year is an option i think he can opt out or i not, think yeah there's an opt out in there. um but if he stays it'll be 44 million dollars over two years so or if he goes out and he pitches so he well can bet on himself yep he could opt out and try to make 30 next sure. year in free agency and I mean, the Giants, that's a great get for them. They still have Alex Wood. They still have Anthony DiScalfani. Um, I think Johnny Cueto is still there. <laughs> Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about Logan yeah, Webb. Logan Webb played really well By the well way, the Logan postseason. Webb will be the last pitcher to have hit a home run in a regular season game. Until somebody uses a pitcher as a pinch hitter. Is that ever going to happen? I don't know. I feel like the team that would do it is the Diamondbacks because they have Mad Bum. Maybe. He won't be the last pitcher to ever hit a home run. They're going to get rid of it in the next CBA. Are you calling he won't. Right now? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not saying that. I think the DH will stick, but yeah. I'm just saying I think a pitcher... Well, oh, okay. I mean, Otani's going to hit 40 of them next year. Um, As a DH. Yeah. <laughs> does he hit when he pitches? Yes, he does. Oh, so he's technically so a I'm pitcher hitting. Yeah. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Okay, in the NL. What <laughs> I still think so, other pitchers will hit home runs. Um, yeah, so like the Giants have really good pitching. They added Jock Peterson, uh, who just won another World Series with the Braves, so he has some valuable experience. They have a lot of younger guys too on that team, especially in their outfield. Um, I mean, Evan Longoria is still there. Buster Posey retired, so that's so. Is Joey Bart going to catch? Either him get, or Kirk Casale. Is I think Kirk is Casale still, still around? Yeah. Is, I think Brandon Belt went back, too. I think he re-signed with the Giants. It's an it, it's an odd lineup because we've seen a similar-looking lineup be on be a bad team, and uh, then last year we saw them be one of the best teams. So Lamont Wade Jr., odd. man. They call, He's clutch. What they call him? Late-night Lamont? He's Something clutch, like that. man. Yeah. And that that's dude. all that matters sometimes. Yep. Um, I like Mike Yastrzemski. Steven Duggar is good in center. Yep. Yeah. They have some good players, man. They're going to be good for a little while. Their bullpen has always been good. Um, I can't remember his name, but they have that re- that really young, skinny kid who throws like 101 Camilo miles an Duvall? hour. Yes. Yeah. He throws smoke. Yeah. But then their closer is, is it Taylor or Tyler Rogers? I can never remember. The submarine uh, right hander. Tyler? Taylor? Taylor? Taylor. That would be Tyler. Okay. He throws like 82 miles an hour, and he's their closest. And then Jake McGee. Jake McGee's still there, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Plenty to go around. Yeah. Also- The only ones that haven't really done much in the NL West is the Padres. The Padres haven't really done much. So let's talk about the Padres. Um, obvious big news in the last week is that Fernando Tatis fractured Man. his wrist. It appears that it happened during a motorcycle incident at the beginning of the offseason that he didn't report because- he couldn't. Shockingly, there was a lockout. He wasn't he allowed to. Um, when asked, hey, what happened during the car accident, his response was, which one? Oh. Ugh. Bad answer. That sucks for 
Bad the game that sucks for the game. Yeah, he is one of the most electric young talents that this game has right now. Maybe the best player in baseball. He, he might if he could stay healthy. Yeah, but he just last year it was last year right where he kept dislocating his shoulder. Yeah, they moved him to right field instead of shortstop where he can be really good at short. He had a lot of errors at short last year too. But he's got a cannon, but he doesn't really control it. They very moved well. him to right field because they wanted him to stop diving for baseballs. Um, because he, and what's funny, because he never, or he might have injured himself once on a diving attempt in short, but the ones I remember, he got injured swinging the bat, he swung and missed, and dislocated his shoulder, and another one was sliding headfirst in the third base. Yeah. So, they moved him to right field to protect him, I guess. He's got AJ Pollock syndrome. Remember with the D-backs where- (laughs) Everything hurts. Where we had those conversations here on the podcast about, like, do you tell AJ Pollock to go, like, 80%? Yeah, because there was one time where AJ Pollock like pulled his groin running to first. Yeah, on a ground ball, like a and routine like, grounder. You're like, you know what? If you had jogged that one out, I would have been okay. I remember those conversations. Yeah. now I had forgotten all about it. They were tell they were going to tell AJ Pollock, hey, don't play a hundred percent. Well, and if you're because you're hurting yourself and every if, time. If you're the Padres, you know, you think, well, eighty percent of Tatis is still. Better than ninety nine percent of the league. Yeah. So if we get if we get hundred and forty games oh of him at eighty percent, that's a lot better than fifty games at hundred percent. That's all coming back to me now. I remember that with Pollock. Look at me. I had a good analogy. Look at you. Um, not only is Tatis injured and will miss what three, two to three months. Two to three months. He had, he had wrist surgery. That sucks just for my the other day. Team. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. I kept him in the 19th round. I should. That's yeah, your right. fine. Um, You'll be just fine. There was a rumor this week that they were looking to shop. Eric Hosmer and Will Myers. That makes all the sense in the world because neither of them are doing much, well, and, and they both cost a lot of money. And the Hosmer thing was because they were apparently in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes, so they would have had to have traded Eric Hosmer. I don't know that they trade those guys without having a plan to fill those spots. Um, yeah. But those would be the two pieces I would understand them wanting to move off of. Yeah. Will Myers has kind of been disappointing there, hasn't he? You know, like... Eric Hosmer's had, I mean, Eric Hosmer just destroys the D-backs. Like, the last two years, he's just killed the Diamondbacks. Kind of like Brandon Belt. And Pablo Sandoval. Like, none of those guys are, like, otherworldly players. Adrian Gonzalez. But they just crushed the D-backs. Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. Well, um, he was really good. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, but Will Myers, like, was, wasn't Will Myers a part of that first, like, attempt at a super team by San Diego when they brought in Matt Kemp yeah. and, and Justin Upton? Yep. And that James was the outfield. Shields, yeah, he they, it was Justin Upton, Matt Kemp in center, and Will Myers. And then Eric Hosmer was kind of that the, the big piece after he won his World Series. Yeah, he got big money and came out to San Diego. Yeah, before they got Machado. Yeah, um, yeah, those were that was kind of the order of operations. Yeah. So Hosmer's been okay. Myers has not really been because he was like he was everyone's like number one prospect. He's going to be a great player. He's just been, he's been good. He's not horrible. He's hurt a lot. Though. He, yeah. He gets injured a lot. Um, but like the Padres, if they, if they add a couple bats here and there, they might be better suited. They have to add somebody with they get Clevenger back. This I was year. just going to say their pitching staff is, I mean, Darvish and Snell. And then Clevenger is supposed to be pitching this year because he missed last year. Nelson Lamette. Nelson Lamette, if he if he's if he's right, um, Chris Paddock has Chris not Paddock. really been great. He's their top pitching prospect. Kenzie Gore. Yeah, he's still on the minors. He's maybe the top left-handed prospect in the the game of baseball. I thought they were going to trade him. Ryan Weathers was really good last year. Yeah, before he got injured. So I mean. 
They've got a ton of pitching. I thought they were going to trade Mackenzie Gore for Max Scherzer. They let that. They kind of that would have been a good opportunity. They kind of blew that. They blew that, and they blew the Freddie Freeman. Thanks a lot, Padres. Uh, another trade: Matt Chapman from the A's to the Blue Jays. The A's are just dismantling their yeah, team. Yeah, right the now. A's are blowing it up. I think the only guys that are left are Frankie Montas and Sean Mania. Right? Yeah, and they're both even their manager, being shopped currently. Bob, Bob Melvin's <laughs> in San Diego now. So. I can't name that many players left in the A's. Ramon I Laureano. Yeah, I was just gonna say him. Yeah, that's about all I got. Mark Canna. Stephen Piscotty is he Mark still there? Canna's not there anymore. No, he's he's, he's a Met now, right? He, did he sign with the Mets? I think he's with the Mets. Okay, um, he's part of their rebuild in the outfield. I think Piscotty's still there. I might even be wrong is about that. Jed Lowry still there? <laughs> uh, I know they have um, Sean Murphy at catcher. Andrew Chafin's not there anymore. Mm, he signed no. with somebody. Recently. So, yeah, it's going to be a man. pretty spark. Like, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of guys on that team anymore that no. you can really Dude, the, blue, the Blue Jays are stacked. They're stacked. And yet, I still think they could use one more bat. Where? I don't know. Where, where are they going to play? So, as of now, well, they were in on Freddie Freeman. Danny so. Jansen at catcher. Eh, whatever. Uh, Vlad, best hitter in the league, at least right-handed hitter in the league. Um, Kevin Biggio, Kevin Biggio, and and Espinal is going to be at second. They're both going to be in the mix at second base. Biggio has been a little bit of a letdown. They last lost Semi into the Rangers. Uh, shortstop Bobachet, arguably the best offensive shortstop. Matt Chapman plays third. Chapman will play third. Great glove. Guriel in left probably. The George Springer in center. Springer's one of the top like ten and to then, fifteen players in the game when healthy. Teoscar Hernandez and Hernandez, and, and then you still do you still Rand- have Grichuk? Randall Grichuk is still there. Yeah. I'd, I'd fit one more bat in there. Okay, okay. Second base. All right. Se- second base. Second base. Who can we get for second base? Well, if you... Ugh, I don't know. Trevor Story. Yeah, Trevor Story. <laughs> Book it. Uh, Carl- I just, hey, no, they, so, could, they could sign Carlos Correa and move is, Bichette to second. No, this is what it was. And I brought this up to you yesterday, and you were like, that's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> there was a rumor that the Blue Jays checked in with the Guardians on Jose Ramirez to play second base. I didn't say that wasn't a thing. No, you just said you hadn't heard about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, were like, you were like, I didn't hear that. And I was like, well, I hear all the Guardian stuff because I'm from Cleveland, You're I guess. In. You're tapped I'm in. I'm super tapped into Cleveland. Um, <laughs> my dad texts me about Cleveland stuff all the time. Um, that would make you the best lineup in baseball, even over the Dodgers, if you would go and get Jose Ramirez. That, that would give you three top ten players in the game. I'm willing to say that. Vlad, Bichette, and Jose Ramirez. Mm. Maybe Bichette's not a top ten player, but he... Certainly hit like one last year. Hit 300, over 30 home runs, 100 oh, runs, 100 man. RBIs. Jose, I mean, Jose Ramirez is a... Very undervalued. Well, I want everyone on the D-backs, but he would fit in very nicely here. Well, yeah. Everyone would, because they're all better than what we have. He's kind of the positional flexibility you had with Eduardo Escobar. Second, third, yeah. Second, third, you could play him DH? in left. DH. Capable of shortstop, but you don't want to do that. Um... What else happened around the league? The A's are dismantling their team, as we mentioned. So are the Reds. The Reds, dude. <laughs> traded Sonny Gray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They traded Sonny Gray to the Twins, which I don't know what the Twins are doing. I have no idea. They're flipping players. Because the Twins the twins traded for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and then flipped him along with Josh Donaldson to the Yankees for Gary Sanchez. Who's not going to be their starter, apparently. They traded Mitch Garver away. Where's Very Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver's in the Rangers. Texas, yeah, because yeah, that's where they got Kiner Falefa. Yeah. So the the Yankees are the Yankees. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first let's talk about the Reds. The Reds and they traded Jesse Winker. 
and, to Seattle and, and, and Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Suarez. So, man. Mariners have a good team, by the way. Oh, they're going to be so fun to watch. They just barely missed the playoff. They missed it by, like, what, two games last year? I feel like they deserve it. They should. Robbie, I want to see Robbie Ray have a successful year, too. I read that the sixth highest paid player on the Cincinnati Reds right now is Ken Griffey Jr. What? Ken Griffey Jr. is still getting deferred payments from, from the Cincinnati when? Reds. 2009 oh is when he retired. God. I think 2008 was the last season he was uh, on the Reds. Also, still po- getting deferred payments. Also, poor Joey Votto, by the way. Poor guy. Yeah. That team hasn't been good since the mid two th- like 2010s-ish. Well, I would say they, they were, were good. good last year. They didn't make yeah. I, I don't think they didn't make the playoffs, right? No. They were they made the playoffs in 2020. Okay. In the shortened season, because Trevor Bauer was really good and won the Cy Young, and they got, That's what it was. They got yeah. beat by the Braves. I want to say I can't remember. I think they had the makings of a good team. They, they just did. dismantled it. Nick Castellanos, but Nick now Winker's gone. Suarez is gone. Sonny Gray is gone. Tucker Barnhart, their good catcher, is a free agent. Nick Castellanos is a free agent. Um, Bauer, if you still Bauer that is, from a few Bauer years ago. Is, has been gone for two years now. Really, in the rotation, Man. all I can think of is Luis Castillo, and he had a really bad. Year it sounds like they're going to keep him though. I, I he's saw, got upside. I saw he he throws really hard, has wicked stuff, but he was he got crushed not very good. He couldn't throw strikes last year either. Yeah, no. Um, he was on my fantasy team. I traded him away. Um, probably good on you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 and they have they have Luis Castillo and Jonathan India. Great player. Who was, Love Jonathan. Won Indiana. the rookie of the year last year in the NL. And Joey Votto. That's all they have left. Yeah. So that's crazy. Talk um, about the Yankees. You were going to go off on a tangent. The Yankees, uh, they trade they traded Gary Sanchez, who just it looked like he needed to change the scenery. He, he never just can't hit for average. No, he's he's a power. He's not very good behind the plate defensively either. And they can't really DH him because Stanton's there. And yeah. Stanton's not a very good fielder. And plus the Luke Voigt and LeMahieu yeah. and Rizzo. And, I mean, you've got three first basemen. Yeah, and yeah. So um, then, so then they they trade Gary Sanchez to the Twins for Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Which, by the way, Josh Donaldson and Garrett Cole have an issue with each other. Which apparently Garrett Cole says they're fine now and they've squashed it out. But the whole issue, in case you're not aware, was. Josh, when when they started last year checking for foreign substances like the the pine tar and spider tack and whatever, Garrett Cole was at the forefront of that conversation for using spider tack. Because remember those texts that came out where he was like, like some like druggie making spider tack in a Pepsi can or something. Yeah. Like it was light, like with a lighter under. I don't know what the heck was going on, but so Josh Donaldson was in the media outright calling Garrett Cole a cheater, and then. Uh, they had, you know, matchups against each other, of course, being in the American League. Cole had struck struck him out, and then Donaldson would get a hit off of him. And basically, like, Josh Donaldson was basically calling Garrett Cole trash, and he's a cheater, and now they're teammates. So yeah. that'll that's fun. Apparently, Garrett Cole, I guess, came out and said the other day that they've squashed all their beef and they're fine. Could you imagine so. the phone call that he gets? Hey, uh, Josh, this is Brian Cashman. And I just want to let you know that we just traded for you. We love having you on the team. We're going to be super excited to have you here. Also, we put your locker right next to Garrett. Okay, bye. I mean, like, uh, see you in Florida. Yeah, see you. Bye. (laughs) Hang up before you. When you get what you want, hang up. That's what I learned from Moneyball. The Yankees are interesting because they were still in on an and Freddie Freeman. They're Josh Donaldson's making a lot of money, but the Yankees have deep pockets. So, but. 
That was their way of going and signing a big free agent, was trading for Josh Donaldson. And it's, defensively, you improve at shortstop, and so, Glaber Torres doesn't have to play there. And Yeah, so Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a gold glove winner. at third. They traded also Gio Urshela, it was in that deal too, who is also a really good defender. Um, so I, it sounds like, from what I've read and seen, that Josh Donaldson... Because he's not what he used to be at third anymore, but he can still hit. It's sounding like he's going to DH quite a bit with probably Kiner Falefa playing third. There's, they could still go out and get a Trevor Story shortstop type That's player. So many um, Also, so many right-handed hitters, which was their whole issue last year. I'm still baffled by the first base thing. I know DJ I know. LeMay, who can play second base. He cannot play short. And I wouldn't play him at third he much. Can, he was playing third and I first last year. <laughs> I wouldn't, though. But I think DJ LeMay, who's a first baseman long term, and Luke Voigt can only play first base. And I say only, really, I don't even know if he should be doing that. Yeah. And, uh, and then Aaron, you go and get Anthony Rizzo. And, Are you really going to bench Anthony Rizzo ever? And, and Aaron Boone was saying that it looks like, too, like with Donaldson DHing more, Stanton's probably going to have to play the outfield a little bit more. But then you have a bunch of outfielders, and too. Gallo, Joey I, Gallo needs to play every day. So what I think is going to happen. Aaron Hicks. What I think is going to happen, I think Stanton's going to play left, Gallo's going to play center, and Judge will be in right. With, if but, he gets vaccinated. With, <laughs> There's the whole New York thing. Okay. The Kyrie Irving thing is okay. making its way to baseball right. now. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. I love it. I'm not an anti-vax person. I have the COVID vaccine. I got it. The whole mandate is in New York is such a farce. Yes. Especially when you bring up Kyrie Irving. So you're telling me that they can pack the Barclays Center with... 40,000 people, however many can fit in that arena. Right. Over 30,000 people, and they're not even enforcing masks. They could all be unvaccinated. Let alone the vaccines. Right. And they could all be unvaccinated. They're not checking vaccine cards, to my knowledge, anyway. No. And then you have Kyrie Irving the other night can sit on the bench with his team unmasked, but he can't go out and play on the court. Or go in the locker room. Or go in the locker room. Which they got fined for, by the way. And then you're telling me that the Mets and the Yankees, whose stadiums are outside, (laughs) that they all have to be vaccinated to play baseball? When baseball, the vaccine was a thing last year, right? right? Yeah. There was no vaccine mandate through the whole baseball season last year. No, there was not. And they played a successful season. Yeah, guys got COVID. They did. The vaccine is not going to prevent you from getting COVID. That was never the narrative. It's going to prevent you from serious illness. And yeah, Aaron Judge got COVID last year. I haven't actually seen a document where it says he's unvaccinated. But no, I don't know. but they asked him at camp the and other he day. Didn't say he was or wasn't. And they asked him, "Are you vaccinated?" I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And Did trying he say to he was he immunized, like Aaron Rodgers? He was like, "We'll deal with that when it when okay. we get to it." And it's like, right. well, he wouldn't say that if he was vaccinated, right? So yeah, and then also. I mean, it's just it's just so stupid. It's such a double standard and such bullcrap by the state of New York and the city of New York. Also, Aaron Judge plays right field. He's not around anybody. He's he is the social distancing the to the max. Yeah, like come on. And also, the the whole like and they, they can't play in there. So you're telling me that Aaron Judge and. I don't know. Who, I don't want to say anyone else who's possibly unvaccinated. I don't want to throw that. Out I there. don't even know that he is. I have so, no idea. So whatever you you want to tell me, Aaron Judge can't play. There's 162 games, and 81 of them are in Yankee Stadium. You're telling me he can't play in 81 games? It's the Kyrie thing. 
It's so stupid. Same thing with Kyrie. But it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I also get- Toronto. You can't go to Toronto uh, and I, play there. If I you're think I, so. I, I don't want to get too controversial, but that that just it makes no sense to me when when you're going to pack Yankee Stadium with fifty thousand people, yeah. you're going to pack City Field with fifty thousand people on opening day, and you're telling me everyone who's unvaccinated on both of those teams can't go play out on the field when they're away from everyone else. Also. You're getting, I don't know what their COVID policies are anymore, but let's just assume that they're the same as last year. These guys are getting COVID tested all the time. All the time. The government's whole thing about the mandate was, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you have to get weekly tests, which they're doing in sports. It's just, it's so stupid. Like, so can Toronto Blue Jays are their own thing because they're in a different country. So that's a whole different thing, because like I, you can't do anything up there, <laughs> like you can't you can't do anything in Toronto. But like it's just this makes no sense to me, and it's just it's just like this whole thing to stay like progressive, I guess I don't know, or just try to show pretend even the like mayor doing of the New right York thing. has come out and been like, yeah, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> like okay, then what are we doing? Then lift the mandate thing, or at least yeah. make an exception for sports. I don't know. Make an exception for the guy who's standing in the middle of the I don't field know, with no dude. one around him. I don't want to get too controversial because I'm going to get yelled at or something by somebody. But Check out our other podcast about politics. Tom, oh, just God, <laughs> help me. Never, ever, ever. Uh, how about I hit you with one last story before we go? We'll, okay. we'll try to get you back in a good mood, except this one's going to make you feel bad, too. Oh, great, okay. Um, Fantastic. Not, not that I thought this guy was going to be a great fit for the Diamondbacks, but it would have at least been interesting if he had come back home. Archie Bradley yeah. signs with the Angels. Um, the Angels just have a thing for pitchers who hit. Let's just say that. <laughs> Archie Ohtani, Bradley triple coming up. Yeah, uh, Shohei Otani. Um, Michael Lorenzen went there, I believe. Oh, yeah. And uh, now Archie Bradley, who had that famous the triple. Angels just, the Angels just don't like starting pitchers is what they don't like. I think like. that's what yeah, it is. They just don't like those guys. Archie, uh, he's not a great pitcher at this point. And I don't know that he was ever great in Arizona to begin with. He was certainly good for a time. Was the heart and soul of this team? You remember the um, all the times that he yelled at Dodger fans and like you know this, this is, is our house, house yeah, that whole thing. Yep, that's how that started. It's just that he would it would have been a feel good story had he come back. It's not so much that he would have been useful or could have been the closer again or anything like that, but to see him go to the Angels, I'm kind of eh on it. Well, I thought it I thought it would have made sense because Mike Hazen seems to be. Really focus on the bullpen. Yes. And the bullpen needs help. And I know he said to the media that he wants to, you know, they have Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson for the back end, but they want to see some young guys in the bullpen. And I get that. But your bullpen needs a lot of help. And Archie Bradley was out there. Archie Bradley, from, you know, from what we can still tell, loves Arizona. And I think he would have been happy to come back. And I don't know if they made a call or not. He didn't get paid a lot by the Angel. I think it was one year $3 million, something like that. Um, I just thought it made sense for a reunion, and it would immediately inject a little bit of a fire into the fan base because everyone here loves Archie Bradley. They love Archie. The triple in the wild card game, I know like he's most a pitcher he's most known for not pitching. Uh, the triple was his probably biggest moment in a D-backs uniform. But in 2017, he was so good out of the bullpen, him and Fernando Rodney. He was the you know top prospect before he got hit in the face of the baseball and then came back as a reliever. But 
Man, like he, like you were saying, he was a heart a heart and soul guy. Even though he was all the way out in the bullpen every game, yeah, he was, and he truly loved this community. So I thought, I thought it would have been a, a a good move to bring him back. But I mean, maybe those conversations did happen. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It would have been a play for the fans. Yeah, and but a, at the same a welcome time, one. At a the same time, one. I don't want a guy like JB Bukaskis or Corbin Martin or I don't know another relief pitcher. I don't want somebody who's young and deserving of opportunity to lose out to a guy like Archie. But it would have been nice. He might have put a couple butts in the seats just because fans like him. And he would have been a good clubhouse guy. For $3 million, I think you could probably swing that. Yeah. Even the Diamondbacks could swing yeah. that. There was that rumor that they were willing to spend like $17 million more in payroll. I don't know where the hell that's going at this point. Well, um, it's this year, it's uh, what? $4 million for, not $4 million, $7 million for Melanson. Four point seven five million well, to Kennedy. This was last week. There was Derek Hall said something about we'd feel comfortable spending at least seventeen more million. It was essential. So, I'm paraphrasing. And that was after Melanson. So they yeah. only really signed Kennedy. Kennedy and, for, and Keller. Point, yeah, but we but don't have the money. And, yeah, it'll be in the th- hundred thousands range. Archie Bradley, by the way, uh, you mentioned a really great 2017. Then he goes on 2018 and 19. He was three point seven seven ERA in both of those seasons. That's not bad, but it's not good. Um, and then 2020, he had a really good year, 2.95 ERA. But the problem is, since then, 4.5 in 2021. And that's not very good for yeah. a reliever. And he couldn't establish himself in Philadelphia. Hitters Park. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think he's got a chance with the Angels to kind of have a comeback a little bit. Yeah. But it would have been nice to see him in a Diamondbacks uniform again. I'm not let down that they didn't get him. No, I'm not like heartbroken or anything. No. But I, I thought and it would have been a reliever. I thought it would have been cool. It's not going to make or break your team. I thought it would have been a cool thing to happen. Yeah, but. like you can't really have a reunion with like Paul Goldschmidt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that would cost you like thirty million a year. But yeah. you could maybe yeah. have a reunion with Archie Bradley. That would have made a little bit of sense. Um, real baseball games? Well, I shouldn't say real. Spring training <laughs> games are happening. We're happy about that. You going to catch a game soon? I'm going to the D-backs Angels game at Tempe Diablo on Saturday, so that should be fun. I'm heading out to Sloan Park on Saturday, Mesa, uh, for the Padres Cubs. Um, so we're both going to check out some spring action this weekend. Hopefully you will as well. I'm Steve Zensmeister. That's Cody Fincher on the Ain't No Fang podcast. We thank you so much for checking it out this week. We're going to keep you up to speed on all things baseball as we approach the regular season. Thanks so much for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.